Hello and welcome. This is the MMA Reaction, and I'm Ekoi Ivy, and uh, we're gonna get started. So we're obviously coming off last weekend's UFC 226 event, and I just want to talk a little bit about the main event, which was Cormier and Stipe Miocic. And now, of course, everyone knows Cormier is the two-weight champion. He's a heavyweight champion, light heavyweight champion, and. I think what the most surprising thing is is just how he actually won. Now, I, I presumed, and I had, I had made a few comments earlier in the week that I thought that this this was gonna this this fight was gonna be won by Cormier in the clinch against the fence with dirty boxing. I did not, for a second, think that this fight would be won in the center of the octagon. Uh, by way of knockout, at least at least not in the first round. I thought that uh, Daniel was going to wear Stipe out a little bit. I thought he was going to get tired because he's carrying Daniel's 246 pounds against the against the fence for you know three plus rounds or more. But for Daniel to get in there and clinch up, and then on the exit of the, on the break of the clinch, come through with that. Uh, I believe it was a right hook, right to the face. Good douche, done, son. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't surprised that Stipe was knocked out, only because if you remember when he fought Alistair, Alistair almost had him out too with a good a good punch. I think that was a right hook too. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so that wasn't so surprising. It's just the fact that it was quick. Dan, Daniel did what he intended to do and just put him out. Um, very impressive. Daniel Cormier is going to go down as, as one of the best fighters we've ever seen in mixed martial arts, for sure. I have 100% confidence in saying that. Uh, one thing, and I, I guess it's, it's kind of superficial, doesn't really matter. 246 pounds for a, a, the light heavyweight champ? So is that normal for him? That's my question. Is he normally walking around at almost 250 pounds? And then has to has to at the start of a, a light heavyweight camp, he has to start dieting and then get all the way down to 205. I mean, I can't imagine that being particularly healthy. To, if he's going to continue to defend both belts, if he's going to defend a 205 pound belt and a heavyweight belt, that weight fluctuation is uh, is real concerning. I think I think that the smarter move, and it's not going to be a move that's going to really cement his legacy. But I think if you're looking at long-term health, man, drop, drop the light heavyweight belt and just fight a heavyweight. I think the, that's a drastic weight cut. Now I will also say that is the softest, uh, I've ever seen Daniel look in terms of body and physique. I've never seen him look that soft. I don't know if he was just like, fuck it, man, I'm, I'm going heavyweight. I'm going to eat lots of Popeyes and not care about my diet. Um, it, the weight didn't seem to affect his cardio, although I understand it was just one round of fighting, um, not even a full five minutes. But we've seen Daniel in the past at heavyweight. I'm sure cardio doesn't seem to be an issue for him. Um, his physique has never, never been, you know, he's never been an Adonis-style looking dude. But, man, he looked, that's the softest I've ever seen him in a professional fight. So... Uh, who knows what's 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 next for him? Obviously, it looks like it's going to be Brock Lesnar. Which, by the way, uh, was diggity dog shit. I don't I don't need to see these WWE style promos. I don't need 
for me to get excited for a fight, I don't need the theatrics. I don't I don't really care for them. It seems fake anyway. Like it doesn't it's not genuine. I don't really care. I want to see genuine. If they genuine genuinely like didn't like each other or were talking shit and they meant it, that's different. For me, that's exciting. I can get behind that. But this fake cat and mouse horse shit, it's just not for me. Um, maybe maybe you you think otherwise, but it's definitely just I don't I don't need that shit. I just need good competitors to fight each other. Which is this a good matchup? Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier, heavyweight. So so first of all, Brock's coming off of a overturned win against Mark Hunt because he popped for uh, PEDs. So you're saying that that merits a title shot at the heavyweight division. I think, although I understand that the UFC and WME, I know they need to recoup some of that money they spent. I know they need to want to make the most money possible. I know know that they want those pay-per-view buys. But at what point are you sacrificing the sport over the entertainment? Because Brock Lesnar is not a deserving combatant for this heavyweight title. He's just not. I don't think that's fair. If he wants to come back and fight, I think I think there's a place for him. I think he's a I think he's a legit heavyweight fighter. And I think he beats a good portion of that heavyweight roster. I don't think that's any surprise. It's, if this is not a this is not a CM Punk situation where it's just some guy from the WWE coming up. Brock Lesnar is a legit division 1 college wrestler big monster scary legit athletic dude who can fight he can absolutely fight and i think he's proven that over the years i just don't think that it's necessarily fair to any of the fighters in the division and i know curtis blades has been very vocal about this in his uh, i think it's twitter or instagram one of them where he thinks it's horseshit and i kind of agree with him i mean brock wants to come back fight fight dude do whatever you want uh i'll watch your fights i don't i don't dislike watching brock lesnar fight I mean, uh, just to look at him physically is is entertainment. I mean, the guy the guy's a straight monster, and the fact that he can move like he can move at the size that he is is it's impressive stuff. But that doesn't mean that you deserve to fight for the title, a title in which I don't believe you're gonna win. I don't think you beat Daniel Cormier. I don't care how big you are or how good your wrestling is because you're talking about Daniel Cormier is probably one of the the best wrestlers to ever be in MMA ever in the history of the sport, you're, you're not going to be able to control him and wrestle him. I don't believe that's going to happen. If, if they do and when they fight, I think I think, I think think Daniel Cormier probably beats him up the same way he beats Stipe. He's going to get the clinch and dirty boxing, dirty boxing, used his dirty boxing, Jesus Christ, used his dirty boxing to beat him up. Maybe TKO him. Uh, we all know that Brock does not like to get hit, and that was very evident against Alistair Overeem and Cain Velasquez. Even even to a lesser extent, lesser extent Shane Carwin, because Shane Carwin had basically had him beaten that first round, just couldn't finish and got gassed out, and then ended up getting submitted by Brock. But Brock does not like to get hit, and he does fold. So I think Daniel's going to be a lot faster. Even if he is 250 pounds, he's going to be a lot faster. He's going to clinch, dirty box him. Even his standard, even regular boxing at distance, I think he's better. He's going to be crisper. Uh, he appears to have quite a lot of power at heavyweight. Um, I think I think Daniel wins that fight. And then what? 
Lesnar comes in for one more fight again, and then he's gone. I mean, who, how long is this thing going to be? He's not getting any younger either. I don't think he's as old as Daniel, but he's he's up there for sure. He's definitely in his mid mid to late. He's got to be late thirties. Um, so these are the things things that you look at now. Now the the biggest question or the topic now with Daniel is is he the goat? Is he the greatest of all time? And as much as it pains me to say no, I just don't believe it. And I think I think the problem is is that you look at a guy like John Jones, you go, oh, well, he beat him twice, and he popped for for performance enhancing drug, PEDs twice, cocaine once, which shouldn't matter. But the fact is, is John Jones already beat Daniel the first time, and he's, for all intents and purposes, he is clean. He did not test positive for anything. So who are we to say that he was on the juice that that fight? Now, there's obviously speculation, but here's what I ask myself, and I want to I want to say this in a, in a sense to where I need you to understand that I'm a big Daniel Cormier fan. I love Daniel Cormier. I like to watch him fight. I like who he is. I like his uh, his work as an analyst. I enjoy Daniel Cormier far more than I'm a fan of, say, John Jones. However, if you said, Elliot, hey, man, who are you taking in a heavyweight fight, John Jones versus Daniel Cormier? I cannot in my heart of hearts say, you know what? Uh, yeah, I think Cormier is going to beat that or win that fight. That's not happening. I, I don't believe it. I want to, but I cannot. I have to be true to myself and I have to be honest. I think John Jones beats Daniel Cormier 10 out of 10 times. And when he when this suspension's up, I think in it's coming up here in a few months, if they set up a heavyweight fight between John Jones and Daniel Cormier, WME is going to make their money because that's going to be a big pay-per-view fight. They're going to make their, their millions and billions. And... And I still think John Jones wins. And because I think that way, how could I ever say that Cormier is the, the official number one El Numero Uno GOAT? I can't say that because I don't think he beats John Jones. And as it stands currently, if John Jones never comes back, if, if John Jones never returns, Cormier is a is, is is the GOAT compared to Jones just based on resume, based on the fact that he's a simultaneous champion, two-weight champ, consummate professional, generally good dude, good for the sport, good ambassador for the sport. He's definitely above that level. But then you look at like GSP. GSP's got a similar resume. He's got longevity, had a lot of title defenses. Cormier's yet to defend the heavyweight title, and he's only defended the, the light heavyweight title, I think, twice. So it's just more time in, but he's 39, so how much more time left do you have? These are the questions that you have to ask yourself, and if you were to really look at it subjectively without bias, George St. Pierre has to be the GOAT, right? I think so. And I could be wrong, and I'm okay with being wrong also, by the way. It doesn't bother me. I could be wrong. I like to be proven wrong, so then I can. I don't have a problem adapting and changing my ideas based on evidence. Um, but I try to be as subjective and honest and transparent as possible, and that's just how I think and how I feel. I think, and I kind of mentioned this last week, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but if you look at the top three in the MMA history, even top four, I'm going, I'm going GSP, Cormier, Demetrius Johnson and John Jones, and not necessarily in that order. I think if 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 I got a gun to my head and John Jones gets out of whatever slump he's in, gets no more testing problems, no more USADA issues, 
Um, I think John Jones is probably going to be number one. It just that's how good and talented this guy is, and he could fuck it up again. He's got a track re- a track record for fucking it, fucking everything up anyway. So who knows what's going to happen going forward? But that's just that's just how I feel about it. Um, the last thing on Cormier is that I guess. It was it Romero's manager said that they want they want that at light heavyweight, so Romero's going to jump up because he can't make 185 anymore, which makes sense. Um, so he's going to fight Cormier at, for to defend the light heavyweight belt. And then the, the argument there is that oh well, Romero can't just jump up. I think Daniel had made a a tweet or something that said that you don't get to just change you don't get to fail one class and then you know jump to the head of the class in the next one. So is Romero? Uh, is he a worthy title challenger? For sure. At, at, at light heavyweight, I'm, I'm sure he is. Uh, he might be real scary at light heavyweight because he's not going to have to cut all that weight. He might be even stronger, which is terrifying. Um, does he deserve a shot at Daniel's title? Probably not. I think I think anytime you, sw- you switch weight classes, either whether you go up or down, I think it's only fair to get at least one or two fights in, make your statement in the division, and then and then fight for the title if it's really worth it. We don't know what's going to happen. Do I want to see that fight? Fuck yes, I do. Who doesn't want to see that fight? I mean, I'll watch any Romero fight. Um, he's an incredible guy to watch. And can you imagine if you get if you get these two guys together, Cormier and Romero? That would be a dope ass fight, man. And I would I would want to see it. So, I mean, I'm not going to complain. That's it for that. I'm done talking about that. Um, I, I want to touch a little bit. Obviously, everyone knows that Holloway and Ortega was a canceled fight. Yada, yada. Holloway showing signs of concussion. Um, the only real side notes to that is Holloway showing signs of what they called concussion-like symptoms, which is pretty scary. I mean, as, as much attention has been put on the American football for head trauma and CTE and all these things, I mean, it's how many, how many headshots has, has Holloway taken? Because you can't look at his just his professional fights and go, oh, well, he has or hasn't taken a lot of damage, which he has taken some damage. But you got to think these guys are in practice every day. They don't necessarily spar every day, but they're sparring every week, sometimes multiple times a week, and they're taking shots. Even, you know, they, they have shown that even soccer players who do headers are, are showing signs of CTE. So has has Holloway's training just caught up with, with his, his has his brain caught up with the amount of trauma during practice and during the fights? I don't know. It's scary business. I hope to God that that it's just a minor setback in the career of Holloway. He is still very young. We all want to see him do well. We want to see him continue to perform um, and fight to the best of his ability. But I will say that if if he's showing if he is showing signs of concussion-like symptoms now, then that's not a good look for the future. And if you if you love Holloway, if you're in his if you're in his circle of, of, of friends and family, you tell that guy to, to retire. You tell that guy, hey man, if you're already showing these kind of signs, you know, we don't know, it's all it's all conjecture at this point. We don't know exactly what's going on. But if you're showing signs now, dude, what's your quality of life gonna be if if you fight for another five years and then you, you got you got chicken noodle soup for a brain and you can't think for yourself or you get real punch drunk or you know, we all know those guys, we've seen them. I kind of think Nick Diaz is one of those guys as well, where you just take so much damage over time that you your brain doesn't work like it like it's supposed to, and that's real scary. So I think um, 
hopes and prayers for Max Holloway. I, I hope it's minor, I hope it's not a big deal, but if, if, if it is, then you need to get out of the game and save your life. Don't, uh, don't keep putting yourself in that situation uh, and fight longer than you should. That damage isn't, isn't worth for anything. Um, Ortega had made a statement, it says, and I'm going to read it to you. Uh, it says, from what I'm getting now, they said that Max might not fight for a long time and he might not even fight at 145. Uh, so I told them, um, I, I told them then, I guess they're talking, he's talking about, he's talking to uh, Dana, uh, make the belt vacant and then I will fight whoever the guy, however, whoever you guys want me to fight as soon as possible. I'll, I'll fight them at UFC 227 here in, in uh, Staples. Uh, but let's get that situated. So Ortega's the real victim here. Uh, well, maybe that's not the right term, but, but he's the one that, is, that loses his shot. So he's saying if Holloway's out for a long period of time, then have him drop the belt and, and uh, I'll fight whoever. Who is, is, does Jeremy Stevens deserve that title fight? I don't know, maybe. Um, but I'm thinking more like, now I know he already beat Frankie Edgar, but when I, when I hear available title, if that's what they're going to do, whether it's an interim or whether they actually have Max drop the belt, I immediately, for whatever reason, I immediately go, oh, Frank Edgar. I don't know why. And I know we just saw that fight. I'm sure uh, Edgar wants another piece. He wants another shot. I mean, Edgar, Edgar's another guy that could probably go down as one of the best of all time, really, if you look at his body of work. But Or, uh, or Jose Aldo still comes to mind. I don't know why those are the two names that come to me. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, Dana was super pissed at Ortega for not taking a super short notice fight against uh, Jeremy Stevens, which, I mean, I, I, I get if you're disappointed. Hey, man, I wanted I wanted to save the card. I wanted to make sure that we get get you uh, some kind of fight, but you can't get pissed off when a professional fighter says, "Hey, man, I'm not prepared for that particular guy." Jeremy Stevens is a dangerous, dangerous motherfucker with with legit missiles in his hands if you're Ortega why would you and he and mind you he comes from a pretty smart camp they're gonna they're gonna they want to be prepared to the letter for anyone they're gonna fight particularly a guy like like Stevens it's not smart just and, and Stevens has been trained it's not like Stevens is fat sitting on the couch he's got a fight coming up in a month he's in shape he's ready to go it's not as if um it's not as if he's he's not prepared to fight he's ready to go so would I have liked to see Ortega fight? Fuck yeah. Would I like to see him against Stevens? Hell yeah. Let's, I would love to see that fight. But I'm not going to disparage him or insult him or put him down because he doesn't want to fight on you know, a, a fucking two-day notice. A dude is dangerous as Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy Stevens is no, no joke. So I think sometimes it, it represents the sport negatively when, when Dana's so open about how pissed off it makes him when fighters don't just do what he says or takes fights on short notice. Um, it's the same thing with, with the uh, Yair Rodriguez thing where, they, where he says, well, if I offer you a fight, you should probably take it or I'll just cut you. I mean, it's kind of a shit attitude, man. And what that tells me is that there must be some pressure, right? Because remember, it's not Zufa anymore. It's WME, which means that whoever the, the, the chairman of boards is or uh, for WME, they're probably putting a lot of pressure on Dana White to make sure that they're making their money back and they're getting the fights made. And I kind of think that, that over the last year, 
year and a half, I, I see a, a, almost an attitude change in, in Dana White, where like his interviews just coming across, to me, and I could be wrong about this, they just come across a little more curt. Uh, he's a little harsher on the fighters. He's not, and he's always been kind of a dick, but not like this. Nonetheless, we'll see what happens and, and move forward, but I don't think that's very fair. But I want to see Ortega fight for the title. I want to see him uh, get his dues because I think he deserves it. Uh, next topic, something kind of funny-ish is, uh, and I'm sure most of you guys probably saw this, but uh, Israel Asandania, he had posted a clip of Brendan Schaub's Below the Belt podcast. I don't know if it was Fighter and the Kid or, or Below the Belt, but he was talking about how the perception of professional kickboxers and boxers entering MMA, how elite level strikers in those particular fields doesn't always translate to MMA. And he was, he was saying, Schaub was saying that, you know, the distance, timing, everything's different in MMA because you have to, you have to consider everything involved, not just the strikes, right? You have to think about the clinch, you have to think about the takedowns, you have to think about a bunch of different things. So that changes the game in terms of distance management, how you fight is different. So when these guys come from a kickboxing background, the timing's different. The, the how you set up your your offense is different, and he said that it wasn't really translating. Well, Israel had posted on his on his, uh, on his Instagram, you know, kind of giving a response that Brendan doesn't know what he's talking about, or or he used hashtag I think you might be surprised, which is kind of funny because that's what he told Rogan when Rogan was kind of giving the business about his own fighting. And I'm not here to argue either way. The the issue, the, the primary issue I have is that as, that's not even really an issue. The, the thing about it is, is that Dana White is just, he's just an anomaly in terms of, you know, CEO, president kind of positions where most of those guys who hold those titles, they're, they're professional all the time. I don't think that you're gonna see a Scott Coker go off on social media about what they're seeing. And that's kind of the, the things I like about Dana too, by the way. It's not that I hate Dana. I just think that sometimes just it's not the right time or place to, to, to say anything. But I'm going to read you his comment. It was actually pretty funny. So Dana White sees Israel's Instagram and, and he puts a comment that says, Such a fucking, fucking tool. Uh, he's talking about Shab. What the fuck does this idiot know about the sport or the business? At Stylebender, for you to be listening to, to one word from this moron is a waste of your time. The guy went six and five in the UFC. The only thing he could teach you is how to get KO'd. Tune idiots like this out. The funniest thing is, is that Shab didn't even say Israel specifically. He was talking in generalization. Apparently, and he made another comment later. He was more kind of talking about Saki. Saki got beat up by uh, Khalil, got knocked out. So that's kind of what he was talking to. But of course, nobody, nobody cares about that. They just want to have a knee-jerk reaction and, and, and flame war. So of course, now remember, Brendan has no skin in the game with the UFC anymore, so he can say whatever he wants. And the funny thing is, is he's a pretty clever guy. And, he, and so his response was, at Dana White, whoa, look who got a break from folding Ronda's laundry to jump on the Instagram. Bravo, sir. He says, he's right, at Stylebender. What do I know? Listen to the bald fat guy who's never been in a fight in his life. Do that. 
pretty funny. Also, Brendan also followed to say, you're a monster. I was referring to the guy with little MMA experience. Saki uh, was my main point coming straight to UFC or major MMA leagues. You have a ton of experience in MMA before getting to the UFC. So the problem is, is that you read these comments and, and everyone wants to jump on a bandwagon. And I'm a, I was a little surprised that everyone seems to favor Dana White's perspective on this. But if you listen to what Shab was saying, to me, at least in my mind, it kind of makes sense. He's talking about he's talking about distance, timing. He's talking about the technicalities, the differences between being a kickboxer or a boxer into being a mixed martial artist. There is a difference. You have to fight differently based on what you're doing. But it's just easier to get in the flame war, and then you get on teams, right? Well. I like Israel. I like kickboxing. I'm going to be on Dana White's team. This guy must be a moron. And so you see all these comments go back and forth, and they're they're all insultive, most of them. They're not even actual intelligent, open dialogue about what what you think about the situation. It's only specific to who I like and who I side with. Oh, I'm on Team Dana, and oh, I'm on Team Shab. But you're not actually giving any content to the conversation. Something that I love about MMA is that you can have an open conversation about a particular fighter. What you think, what you don't think, uh, possibilities, what's not not possible. I like that open dialogue and I like, I like the opinions and I like to go back and forth with people and debate, but I like to do it with reason and you know some intelligence and some humor is fine. I like humor, but to just say someone's stupid or moronic or fuck them, they must not know anything about fighting because they didn't have a winning record or at least a convincing winning record in, in the UFC. I will tell you something right now. The very worst, excluding CM Punk, I want to get that, I want to make that clear, but the very worst professional fighter, okay, is still a damn good fighter, okay, in terms of general public. They might not be good in terms of a professional fighter, but a professional fighter, nonetheless, is going to be better than the the 90% of the general public who doesn't fight, okay? So, to say, oh, well, Shab was 6-5 and in the UFC, so he has nothing, so he has no insight on fighting? The The man was in there 11 times in the UFC, 11 fights, okay? So his insight doesn't matter. He doesn't have a, he doesn't, his opinion is invalid because of that because he got knocked out in the heavyweight division, which everyone gets knocked out in. I, I think these comments reflect negatively because the casual fan or even the hardcore fan who sees comments like that from the president of the UFC, they, they jump onto those comments and think that it's an acceptable opinion. It's not really an opinion. You're not you're not giving any content to why you disagree with Shab. If you disagree with them, that's cool because that is that's really what what separates this sport. Is we can we can have an open dialogue. Oshab thinks that it doesn't translate regular kickboxing, boxing, and MMA. Well, well, instead of just calling him a fucking moron and, and a tool, why don't you explain why you think he's wrong? Maybe you don't think that it's a hard transition. Maybe if you think if you're a professional kickboxer and you've been training for 20 years, it it's not going to be any different when you step in the cage. You know, that's fine. If you have actual real nuts and bolts information, I think that's great. And I like the debate. I like and 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 I'd mentioned before that my opinions are only my opinions. If I'm wrong, I'm okay with being wrong. And I like I like to be proved wrong in a certain sense to where I go, fuck man, I was wrong. 
Now I can readjust my own thought process and have a different opinion. Now I can establish a different thought or different, a different opinion about a particular thing. But just to throw insults or just be negative um, without actually giving any, any information or any content behind it, it's just, it's uh, juvenile and ignorant. And um, I, wish, I wish there was less of that, but there's a lot more of that. Let's be real. Most people don't actually want to come with legit information. They just want to talk shit. And that's okay too, but uh, it's just not my preference. Um, oh man, I think the last thing I got to talk about today is Nunez versus Cyborg. They're both making Instagram posts about signing a contract. Fuck yeah, make that fight. I want to see it. I think most of the public want to see it. I think it's an interesting fight. Um, I will say this, and I said this before. I don't see a avenue for victory for Nunez. And I'm sorry to say that. I love Nunez. I love to watch her fight. I think she's a straight savage. But I also think that she's a natural 135-er. I think I think Cyborg's an unnatural 145 pounds. I think in all reality, Cyborg should be fighting at 160 pounds. That's how big she is. I don't think people realize that not even thinking about the steroid use or the pop test or whatever you want to say. She's a huge woman. Just in general, physically, she's a large woman. And to cut down 145 pounds nearly kills her. Because you think this woman is walking 175, 185 pounds outside of training. So, and she's skilled as fuck. Let's not forget how good she is as a fighter. She is skilled as fuck. She's a Muay, Muay Thai killer. She's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu killer. Okay? She is a straight savage and she has a physical strength advantage over any woman she fights whether it be at 145 or 165 pounds. Now she's fighting at 145. And Amanda's going to, I'm assumingly, because I heard it was going to be another, another double champion kind of thing where Amanda's going to going to go up to and try to win this the 145 pound belt although amanda is amazing and a, uh, she's a straight killer herself i just don't think that the physical advantage that cyborg has over every female is enough to o- overcome especially for nunez nunez is by far the second best woman mma uh woman ever next to Cyborg. Cyborg beats everybody. I don't see Cyborg losing to, to anybody, uh, to include Nunez. I'm definitely gonna watch that fight. And again, if I'm wrong, I will be the happiest motherfucker for Nunez. Uh, 100%, I'm gonna be on her bandwagon and and be shouting her name at the rooftops, talking about how she's the best woman ever. But for me personally, right now, I don't think she beats uh, Cyborg. I, see, I think Cyborg probably TKOs her within three rounds. That's what I think. It's just my opinion. But I definitely want to see the fight. I'm glad they're making it. I hope these women get paid. I hope I hope the contract is worth uh, worth what it is because they both deserve it. They put a lot of work in here and, uh, and I want to see it. Speaking of money, I got to go back to this real, real quick. They released this, the purses for UFC 226 and I can't figure out. Stipe made $790,000 for this fight. And Cormier made five hundred ninety thousand, and they're both champions, in in their respective weight classes. 
So I had made I had made a comment about how damn DC should have got Stipe's management. Good for them. Whoever Stipe's agent is, whoever his manager is, holy fuck, did they get him a good deal? Seven or ninety grand, good for him. It's it's really nice to start seeing these fighters get paid real fucking money to do this. I mean, these guys is no joke. These guys are these guys are definitely taking years off their lives. When you step in that and you take that kind of damage, Stipe has been in some fucking wars. The the one with JDS really comes to mind. The amount of head trauma that guy took in those fight in that fight, the first one. Guy deserves to get that. That's almost a million bucks. That's seven hundred ninety thousand bucks. That is phenomenal. And I don't know if it's a straight contract or if there was a a, a win bonus attached to that contract because he didn't win, so he just got his base salary. If his base is seven ninety and that's man, good good for him. Um, I would have liked to see DC make the same amount of money. That's that's crazy. That's two hundred thousand dollars difference, and and DC's the one that won. So I think it's time to re- renegotiate and uh, get, get go get your money, DC. That was crazy. Um, okay, I'm done talking. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, uh, don't. Oh, oh, one more thing. I need to give a big shout out and a big thank you to the Rear Naked Truth podcast and Instagram page. Uh, they were kind enough to uh, bring me up in their last pro- in their last podcast and, and just kind of um, advise their listeners to come check me out. I think you know. It's very rare for any of us to do these kind of things to make any kind of money uh, doing Instagram or doing podcasts or anything like that. And um, it's really nice to just get the recognition. I think that's all we're really asking for. And for him to come out and uh, to recognize me and my page and my podcast, I think that's pretty dope. And I really appreciate it. And I hope uh, I hope he knows that. So anyway, I'm here. I appreciate you guys. Bye.